Origins, Intelligent Design, and the Public School Classroom is a presentation designed to prepare you to assess the scientific quality of the theory of intelligent design. As intelligent design theorists comment on the origin of life, are they being religious or are they doing science? Your answer will have implications for whether or not ID should be taught in a public school classroom. How does one teach the origin of all living things in a public school classroom? Can a teacher give credit to a God for designing living things? Children of all faiths and non-faiths are welcome in public schools. Therefore, school boards are concerned that children not be indoctrinated in the beliefs of one particular religious viewpoint. Law courts now bar religious instruction from public school classrooms. The subject of origins, they assert, can only be examined from a scientific perspective where religion is not involved. It is for this reason that the biblical doctrine of special creation was excluded from most public schools some time ago. One result of these court cases is that the theory of intelligent design emerged. Intelligent design, or ID, is a theory developed by observers who conclude that the intricacies of life forms required intelligence for their formation. Intelligence is a minimum adequate cause. The theory posits no particular god or identity for the source of the intelligence, so it is not strictly a religious theory. Nevertheless, many science educators believe that ID is a return to biblical creationism where overt references to God have been hidden behind the term intelligent designer. In response, ID theorists have claimed that their belief in God must not be confused with the fact that their theory does not require him, only a source of intelligence. In recent years, federal courts in the United States have handed down decisions barring the teaching of intelligent design in public school science classes. The court's argument goes something like this. The recognition of complexity is simple observation, an important part of science. But attributing the cause of the complexity to some intelligent being goes beyond the methods of science and is therefore not to be taught as science in a science classroom. Is intelligent design science? This is both a legal and a theoretical question. To answer it, we must first ask a seemingly more simple question. What is science? And the answer is not as simple as we'd like it, but it is very revealing about biases within the scientific community. 
Science is generally defined as a way of knowing and the knowledge acquired by applying that way of knowing. If you apply the scientific method to living things, you are doing science, and the result is biology. That answer seems simple enough, but when we go to examine the scientific method itself, we discover that it is used in two rather more distinct ways. We may call these two approaches empirical science and historical science. Empirical science is the methodology that children in public schools are told is the basis for all of scientific knowledge. And indeed, most of the hard, practical realities of our modern world have been explained by empirical science. Good hypotheses lead to good experiments that yield hard data or results. These results require interpretation, but as this cycle turns, we keep asking more and more refined questions. Experiments become more penetrating in the data they reveal. Our models soon get promoted to theories. But the theories are always falsifiable by any new result that comes in. This approach is how we came to understand such fundamentals of biology as respiration, photosynthesis, and the genetic basis of heredity. Historical science seems superficially the same. It can be represented as a circular, progressively refining method, just as empirical science is. But historic science has a slightly different goal. In it, we seek to advance our understanding of processes that are historic in nature, so we can't repeat them. Experimentation gives way to observation, and interpretations are a bit more equivocal. Supportive experiments can be done. We can test the ages of two different rocks, for example, but we cannot go back and observe when or how the rocks formed. Our assumptions are historical and less susceptible to rigorous testing. We end up making inferences, whether strong or tentative. And conclusions often lead to more than one model. One reason the field of molecular biology is so productive is that it depends heavily on empirical science. One reason the field of human anthropology is in such disarray is that it depends more heavily on historical science. Now that we've muddied the waters a bit, we are ready to return to our earlier question. Is intelligent design science? And now you are prepared for the disappointment of watching the question fall apart into two questions. First, is intelligent design empirical science? Can we go back and observe the actual formation of the systems whose working seems unutterably complex? The answer is no.
our observations of nature's intricacies and of the limits to natural selection lead us to an interpretation that intelligence was needed to form the insect wing. But we have neither a rudimentary wing nor the ability to return in time. We can't run the wing experiment over again to see whether intelligence can be shown to have been needed. So intelligent design falls short of being empirical science. Is intelligent design theory an example of historical science? Well, our sequential use of terms like observation and interpretation clearly indicate that the answer is yes. ID is an example of doing historical science. It is admittedly a very limited example. Once you infer that intelligence was required to generate life's complexities, your science must stop. You have no way of inferring, either by experimentation or observation, how that intelligence generated the observed complexity. But the conclusion that intelligence was required is a scientific inference based on careful, critical observation. Should the courts have given blanket approval for evolutionists to teach their perspective on origins in the same science classroom where ID has been banned? Is evolutionary theory empirical science? Well, elements of it are. Mutations can be performed in the laboratory, and selection regimes can be carried out on mutated populations. So yes, a significant portion of evolutionary theory can be subjected to experimentation. But then public school science teachers are morally responsible to share the illuminating and disappointing results of these experiments with their students. Many of them, however, do not. But is all of evolutionary theory empirically testable? The answer is no. Many geological, paleontological, and homological aspects of the theory are in precisely the same situation as intelligent design. They are historical science. Observations are possible. So are interpretations. But the past cannot be revisited in an experimental way. The courts, therefore, should have more clearly seen this similarity between ID and macroevolutionary interpretations. They ended up denying one historical science while permitting another. Well, all of this defining and categorizing is a challenging exercise. We see God's hand clearly at work in nature while we are forced to admit that his hands work is beyond scientifically tracing out. But perhaps we should rejoice 
that God's work can't be reduced to mere science. If it could, human science wouldn't exist and neither would its practitioners.